Hello, and welcome to Muse and Metrics. This is your host, Philippa Burgess. This is season four, episode 11, and today's topic is family time. As I continue on my audio journal of what is happening, I've now made it to England and am spending time with extended family. I came out here with my mom, and it's actually my first time traveling to England with my mom since I was a, quite a young child. And we're staying with her nephew and his wife and visiting with their children and grandchildren, which is my cousin and second cousins and third cousins. And it is quite joyful. I have not seen this side of my family in a decade. She was last here to visit them about five years ago on her own. And it's an opportunity to be reminded that we all have these extended families that are so wonderful to see and to connect with and be reminded of our common roots, our common history. And although they're in the United Kingdom and my family has immigrated to the United States, there's still so much in common and so much love and welcoming and hospitality. And it's an opportunity to just see everybody and just feel so loved and accepted and also a nice mirror to see where I'm at and what's going on in my life and how do I introduce myself and place myself in the world relative to to others and seeing that I'm really on an authentic path. And that's a lot of what we've talked about in this show is just this reset and transformations and how I've been spending so much time with my parents and running across coasts and now across the Atlantic Ocean. And it's a little upending because as much as traveling can seem glamorous, it can also be quite exhausting. And just being on an eight hour different time zone from California, it's rough getting the sleep sorted because you can kind of go to bed on time, but you always wake up in the middle of the night and then it's a challenge to get back to sleep and then sleeping in in the morning and then just getting to a place where you don't feel so upended. Um, but every day it gets better. And we're actually here for six weeks. And within the middle of the trip, uh, we just booked a cruise. I have never been on a cruise longer than the one time I went for a three-day kind of weekend from Los Angeles down to Mexico. So this is actually the first time I will be on a cruise and on a cruise with my mom that is for 12 days around the British Isles. We'll go uh, around England and through Ireland, Northern Ireland and France. And so that's going to be busy and I will share those adventures as well. And part of the reason we came to England was for the coronation. And I was really struggling with one of my final projects because it came through as a blank page. It was like, make a map, make, make it pretty, make it have utility and be able to be competition ready. 
And I just couldn't think of anything that really was getting my attention. I was looking at the Baltic Sea. I was kind of looking at Nord Stream and, and that sort of attack and then the environmental impact. And then I started looking at Kaliningrad, which is that kind of exclave of Russia that is between Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. And it just kind of its own kind of state oblast uh, outside of Russia. Strategic importance on the Baltic Sea, especially because it's one of the few warm water ports that Russia has, because it's only about frozen in about four months of the year, and then it's useful eight months of the year, unlike St. Petersburg, which is mostly frozen. And so I was looking at that, and then I just couldn't find the narrative. I had made a really pretty 3D scene. I'd pulled in a lot of different data layers. I was feeling very technically comfortable with the project, but I couldn't find the narrative. And so finally I decided to just chuck the whole thing out and start over and just do a commemorative coronation map. So that is my new project, is getting a coronation map together. And the idea of that would basically look from the view of Buckingham Palace to Westminster Abbey and the different carriages that will be taken and some of the history of previous coronations and who's in the line of secession and just other uh, important symbols of the day and, and of the history of coronations. And so that's the new project. And that's the new direction that I'm going to take it as something that's a lot more fun and festive. And the narrative seems to be writing itself because there's just so much there. And I think now my project is just to thin it out and make sure there's an appropriate visual hierarchy of what just makes the most sense to draw you in and where your eye is directed to and the type of information that you can leave with. And that's part of my cartography classes, learning to make maps. And I also think it's a fun gift for my British family is to leave with a map that I've created since they all know that that's now my field of study. And finishing out my finals this week, which I don't know if it was the best or worst idea to come to England uh, in the middle of my semester, but we wanted to get here before the coronation. And so it was what it was. And I'm just doing the best that I can to get everything done with final paper, final exam and final map. But everybody in the family is so supportive of me getting done what I need to do. And that is just something that I'm incredibly grateful for. And my mom's having a wonderful time seeing everybody and I'm, I look forward to having more time to play and get a full week off before the summer semester starts. And then it's off to the new semester. But things are continuing to unfold. I'm, ha I'm having a much clearer vision of the types of things I want to do on YouTube and just learning how to get things done and how to do production while in motion because I'm now realizing my life is going to remain in constant motion. Uh, I'm in the United Kingdom for six weeks and then I'm getting my mom back to 
California, but she did not want to do another 11 hour, 15 minute flight. She's not having it. So we're going to look to break up our trip uh, return. So we're thinking maybe of visiting some family in Canada for a little bit while we um, make our way back from England back to California. And then I'm meant to be in Colorado for a few weeks and then back to California and then possibly to DC and then back to Pennsylvania and then round again. So that is just a reality of my life and my lifestyle and something that I welcome and I embrace. And it's just what's authentic to me. And I think that with that, I'm starting to get more reality around what my life is going to look like after school and feeling more comfortable in my role as a creator, feeling more comfortable in my role as a contractor. And though I welcome full-time work, I'm not committed to that because I think most of it is far more traditional and it's not going to be as aligned with my lifestyle and my personal family commitments. So therefore I don't want to uh, set unrealistic expectations um, for myself and that I'd rather own my identity as a creator and as a person who can generate my own income regardless of where I am and that I'm, I'm really learning how to upskill. And I'm getting very excited about what I'm doing in technology and in programming and foreign languages. So I think part of it is also just keeping upskilling myself so that I can continue to do work and get those opportunities. I did hear back on the Google Development Expert program. So I'm very excited to start moving myself in that direction. So those are two of the goals that I have before I graduate is the security clearance and the Google Development Expert status. I think will both be good things on my resume. And also revisiting my publishing life. I have a book that I had published several years ago and that it's sort of gone dormant and I just got an order for it. And suddenly it reminded me that I needed to get back into publishing and promoting and getting my publishing life back together. And so that's something that I'm going to do a revision on that book and start to publish a few more things because I'm sort of ready to do that. I've been so grateful to have the podcast as a platform to ground my creativity and my creation. And although it seems rather simple where I'm just doing an audio journal and I imagine doing something that is fancier, I also have to work with the limitations of what are that I'm just constantly in motion and I don't always have the most control of my schedule and I lurch from deadline to deadline with school. So doing things that are on my own and that I can control the time works best for me. I would like to introduce guests, but I seem to do that best with summits. And I just did the Dare to Be International Women's Day Summit, which I was super proud of. And if you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend that you do. I, I found that to be a wonderful experience and am excited to get the next one together. 
So slowly, slowly, things are coming together in my creative life. But this week, it really is about getting across the finish line in my academic life. I've got these three final projects with one of those papers due today, an exam that has to be delivered tomorrow, and that final map that will be done in just a few days. And that all in, I can then put this semester to bed and really see this huge, huge transformation that has happened. And I think that's part of sharing all of this with you is to see what kind of change can happen when you lean in and look to up-level, reskill, whether you go back to school or whether you learn on your own, just that desire to meet life and its changes and its challenges and to challenge yourself and to see new possibilities for yourself and to see new identities. I have absolutely grown so much and gained so much more clarity on who I am and what my highest and best use in the world is. And I feel like I'm just beginning. That This new momentum is really just starting and getting more and more opportunities to play in technology and play in AI and machine learning and marry that into geospatial intelligence or geoint and the whole geoint AI conversation, which is what I've decided will be my summer project. And then one of our professors just did a call for book chapters and I had responded with my particular area of interest in geoint AI. And so I think somewhere between geo and AI and cartography, writing, publishing, speaking, media, YouTube, I will find my path. I will find my way forward. It's all sort of coming together in a way that I feel very proud of and very aligned with, just really, really grateful. But also the idea that I can do all of this alongside spending time with my parents, my family. And I think one thing, just finding that balance in life between what is an appropriate commitment to work and what's an appropriate commitment to family life and what's an appropriate commitment to our own time and personal development and health and wellness and hobbies and friends and relaxation and just health in general. And I think that I'm kind of wanting to see that I feel that school really gives me the flexibility that I need and it runs me through the paces and it definitely gives me a huge amount of challenge, but you're not necessarily micromanaged in school. You're given a path, you're given very clear instructions and directions, you're given clear deadlines, and then it's up to you to get them done in your own time and fold them around other commitments. And I feel that I've been able to spend quality time with my parents, spend quality time with my friends, pursue my martial arts, travel, um, do other things and maintain my creative life. And so I, I think one of my fears is looking at the working world after graduation is to see that those things that matter to me can stay in balance can still happen and that that's something that is uh, important to me. And yet at the same time, 
only being in the present. I can only control what I can control. And so I'm at where I'm at right now. And I have another 18 months of school. So I really want to get the most time I can in with my parents and my family. And this opportunity to see my extended family and spend six weeks with them is such a gift. Although 12 of those days, we will be uh, cruising with my mom and uh, getting a tour of the British Isles. And I've never done that before. And she's always wanted to go to Ireland and I've not been to Ireland, so that will be good. And seeing the north of France and the uh, Normandy beaches and just honoring the soldiers of World War II and just all the history that is in all those places, I think will be uh, quite joyful to see. And getting a, just a solid week break between semesters is something that I'm very much looking forward to. And then we start all over again. Uh, this summer, I'm taking two courses. One's going to be in databases, so learning SQL and other uh, database thinking in terms of queries. And I don't know, a whole world of databases awaits me. I don't quite know everything that's there, but I do know that it's on my learning path and something that I know as wanting to get into data science and data analysis that understanding databases and SQL is absolutely kind of essential. And then also being able to um, feel really comfortable with everything I've got so far with ArcGIS Pro and the next um, piece of my master's in human security and geospatial intelligence is leadership. So I have a leadership course and then those are the two for the summer. And in the fall, I take... I think something that's called tradecraft and programming. And that's where I'll really get into Python, which is something I've wanted to learn for a while. And I think it'll be interesting to see sort of what I've been able to accomplish on my own versus what a versus what a school program can provide. So I think that's going to be quite good. And then I'll have two more classes in the spring and then focus on my internship next summer. And then a final capstone project and maybe one other class that's an elective. So all in, I will have one, two, three, four, four more semesters and an internship program. And that is uh, the rest of my academic life. And although academics definitely challenge me, they're still kind of a very safe place and a place that I'm very comfortable in. I have options, but the key to me right now is just taking every opportunity that is presenting to me. For example, whether it's a scholarship opportunity or it's a women tech makers ambassador opportunity or it's a content creation opportunity to just step by step, one by one, take every one of those things and make the most of it and do the best I can with it. Also being part of the 360 talk radio for women community and knowing that there's a whole world uh, there that has unfolded for me being part of this community. So all of it is coming together one, one piece at a time, and all of it I am joyful for. And just want to encourage you to think about these things in your life um, and how this summer, you know, as we all look to take a break, have a holiday, you know, how that importance of family time 
really comes into play and to really put into perspective like what's actually really important in life. So for as much as I strive in my academics and in my work life to also really understand the importance and the value of our family, um, our immediate family, our extended family, and even the ones that we've somewhat feel a bit estranged to reconnecting and coming together and realizing just how much connection and love and uh, shared history is there. And so grateful that we've received just such a warm welcome and so much comfort and ability to just show up in another country and just have everything unfold in front of us just to make us so comfortable and safe and uh, entertained and given the breadth that I need to do my schoolwork and uh, my creative work. And so all of that is good. I just really appreciate it. And the flight with my mom was really, really long. She was not pleased with that 11 hour flight. And it was hard because I think we were, I was trying to sleep thinking, oh, sleep will be good because we'll get there in the morning and then we'll be ready for the day. But it was not happening. It was so incredibly uncomfortable. And we just couldn't quite find our happy place on that plane. So we were up, we were up all night. And so getting in has definitely been an adjustment. And then the time change is, is really quite significant with an eight hour difference. But the good news is it kind of puts me ahead of the day so I can get a run on things before the day even starts in the United States. Um, but then also knowing that kind of by the mid evening I'm, or even mid afternoon, I'm, I'm done and, and packing it in and going to bed. So with my final paper, it's a tag team effort since it's a group project. And I think that's good. I feel like we'll all sort of pull each other across the finish line in ways that I don't know that I have all the energy to do that by myself, but I'll get there. Well, we'll all get there. It's good. It's just the last three things that need to be done. And then calling the semester uh, to a close. And it's been a good semester. I really, really enjoyed the cartography and visualization class. And I've really enjoyed this human security and disaster management class. I definitely feel like I have a handle on those subjects in a way that I did not before. I'm really learning the language and I really think that I can add value to the field of disaster preparedness and disaster relief and disaster recovery. And with a lot of my attention having been on the Ukraine war, I'm just getting a whole lot more understanding about the damage assessment process and the rebuild process and just how difficult that situation over there is and how the whole world is wrapped into that situation. So it's definitely been good because a lot of our projects give us the latitude to explore things that we're interested in and see where they take us. And I think that's why in my initial run at my map project, I was like, not wanting to do another Ukraine map. I feel like I've done so many, but wanting to do something that was different, which led me to the Baltic, but I just couldn't find a strong enough narrative that I was ready to 
make into my final project. So I felt like I sort of painted myself into a corner because I had a beautiful scene, but I had no narrative. And so for as simple as the coronation is in the fact that it's a 1.3 mile coach ride from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Abbey and back, that there's enough, more than enough of a story there uh, about the history, about the future, about the present, about the symbology um, of the crown and of the orb and of the carriages. So I feel like I'll have more than enough to work with and run with to create something that can actually be used as a commemorative piece, um, both for my own uh, memory book as well as to share with my family and it's being submitted for competition so other people perhaps can enjoy it as well so that is um, feeling like it's a good uh, piece of work that I can create that will have a lasting value and also honor my British heritage because my parents are from England I often forget that I'm a first generation American I feel very American I don't feel that I'm not American. I am American. I was born in America. I have a U.S. passport. But I do have very British parents. And being back in England, I'm feeling very connected with my British heritage and my British roots and my British identity. And so that is nice to kind of be back in the United Kingdom and getting to spend time with my family here and you seeing that side of myself and my culture that I often forget about. And also understanding and remembering that I am truly a first-generation American and that that is part of my entrepreneurial spirit and my desire to be more independent, my desire to create things or to build businesses to, does tend to be a bit more of an immigrant mindset a bit more of a first-generation mindset. And so that that is part of who I am and that it's okay to lean into that. It's okay to honor those parts of myself that feel very authentic to me. And so to say that anybody can be an entrepreneur, it's just when you come from a different country and you don't have the same qualifications or the ability to get into more mainstream opportunities, you do gravitate to doing your own thing, to creating your own opportunities. And so there's benefits on both sides. There's benefits to being well within the mainstream and there's benefits to uh, finding ways to make your life work. We're now three years um, from the start of the pandemic. And so, so many of us have had to make so many different choices, new decisions, changes that came with that and deal with challenges that we'd never faced before. And for a lot of us, that was just very difficult. And we're now coming to peace with the fact that for the most part, that's behind us. And now how do we move forward? And for me, a big part of my pandemic reaction or choice was going back to school. It just felt so 
much that I needed that safe place and I needed that reset. And I'd come to some very hard ends with what I was doing. I just wasn't feeling that I was being fully optimized and I wasn't being appropriately compensated. And so I think that that just made me feel that I wanted to have an opportunity to just get more respect with what I was doing and enjoy what I was doing more. And then ultimately be more appropriately compensated for what I was doing as well. So that has all led me to where I am today. And with that, it's a big change. It is now some, the fact that I'm now in a science program, the fact that I'm now a woman in tech and a woman in STEM, and I'm getting all of these mentorship opportunities and a woman in the IC community, uh, the intelligence community. And seeing uh, the work that I did in media um, now that the Writers Guild is going on strike, I was there in 2007 for the last strike. And I remember sort of how it kind of upended the industry. I remember how it upended the industry and how so many of us would go out on the picket lines and how there was so much solidarity from actors and other creatives in the industry. Um, And I can just hear their plight where they're saying that so many of the conditions within the industry have deteriorated for writers. Uh, It's very hard to have, build, or maintain a career. It's very hard to get a full sense of production because the writers are exited so early that they're not getting to see the whole picture come together. And as such, they're losing valuable skills that would often be a ramp for them to move from writer to showrunner um, because showrunner really is, is kind of like a show producer, but you can't really make that transition unless you've had that onset experience and writers are now kind of being denied that and that the number of episodes being produced is less. So therefore their compensation is less. So even if they're getting paid the same per show, the fact that there's less shows uh, takes a super hit to their bottom line. It's just basically turning into a gig economy that doesn't fare well for somebody to build a life and a career uh, as a professional writer. And so I think that it's been interesting to see how this ends up being resolved. But the last time this happened, there was a huge push towards reality television because it didn't require unionized writers. And I am very much reminded that I spent 15 years of my career working in Hollywood and in the entertainment industry and specifically on the literary side of the entertainment industry. So that's still very much part of my community and and sort of seeing those posts come through on my social media feeds because uh, many people who are directly impacted by the strike are part of my larger community. And then having been in Colorado and working there 
right after cannabis went legal and how that took my career in a whole different direction. And so I think some of the things that I do are definitely of the moment. And there's benefit to being involved in things that are of the moment, but there's also uh, a cost to that because you have to be willing to reinvent. You have to be willing to transform. You have to be willing to be flexible and have periods where you're not necessarily earning or you're investing in re-education and you're building or you're looking for the next idea that's worth investing in, that's worth playing out that hand. And that's where I'm at right now is I'm definitely seeing that the what's in front of me right now is quite significant. So I have a full plate. There's no, uh, there's nothing right now that's feeling like I don't have enough to do. I have plenty to do. I know what my tasks are. If anything, I have slightly too much to do and, and that that's okay. That's exactly where I'm at right now. And that everything's leading me. Everything is moving. Everything is starting to find and build momentum. And what I feel like I'm finally doing after almost two years is that my phone is starting to ring, or in this case, it's incoming emails, incoming LinkedIn messages that are now sort of saying, hey, you're on our radar. We have an opportunity. We'd like to invite you to participate. We'd like to invite you. We'd like to invite you to contribute. We'd like to invite you to do something that I felt like when I ended my last professional activity, there was this period of time where my phone was still ringing, where people still were reaching out to me. And it was my time to sort of redirect the conversation and say, hey, I don't do that anymore, but here's who you can talk to, or here's how you can handle that, or here's who I would recommend for you. And and eventually that sort of energy drained. And then those incoming inquiries became less and less, and then eventually none at all. And now that momentum is starting to build up again. That new direction is starting to form. And that's exciting. I'm having a really good time seeing those new inquiries come, come across my desk that people know how to identify me as a graduate student, as someone who's in this HSGI spatial data science major, as someone who's a Google woman tech maker, as someone who is a 360 talk radio host as someone who is emerging as a YouTuber. And um, I'm not as active on TikTok anymore. I kind of got mad at TikTok, but I don't think TikTok's going away. So there'll be a time where I'll re-engage with that as it's appropriate. I think right now I'm pushing forward on so many other directions that it's not feeling like it's the highest and best use of my time, but it's still there. And right now I feel like I've got well in hand everything that I am doing and I need to do. And I have an upcoming martial arts test in July that I still have to get going with um, my practice, my training and preparing for that and knowing that I have quite a bit of work ahead of me. But I put a pause on that after I finished my 
last pretest, just knowing that I wanted to finish out the semester and put my attention on everything I was doing between school and Google Women Tech Makers and my content creation. So as soon as I finish this semester for spring and I have that break, I'm going to put my attention back into my martial arts training, my martial arts practice. So that's kind of on deck for me as well. So it's busy. I've got travels around the world, uh, or maybe not around the world, but at least from the United States to England and then around England and to Ireland and France. And then I have travels back likely through Canada to see some more family just because my mom does not want to do another 11 hours. So we're going to break it into uh, at least two trips. And then it'll be back to California, Colorado, California, Pennsylvania, maybe DC and around again. So it's, uh, I'm just kind of getting used to like, this is my life. This is my lifestyle. Uh, it is both a choice, but it is also just something that fits exactly the moment for where I am right now and my particular circumstances. And I'm so grateful for it. And so that's where I just really need to learn how to be an effective content creator on the move, on the go, learning how to still keep quality control over what I'm doing, still manage to, you know, meet all my deadlines as I've always done. And the next phase of it is learning to collaborate and administer and organize and work with other people. And I think I've done that well with my summits. And I think I'd like to be able to schedule more day and date events but I just have to know that my time and ability there is rather limited. I mean, even on the ship, I have no idea how much Wi-Fi will cost, but they seem to sort of sell it by the hour. So I have to be incredibly uh, conscientious of when I'm online and what my deadlines are and where my classes are and when I actually need Wi-Fi and and what that quality of that Wi-Fi is going to be while I'm on ship. So that's... uh, just all things to think about, but it overall, I think it's going to be a really nice time with my mom and uh, she's so happy to be here because there's, she just has accepted the fact that in her mid eighties, there was just no way she was going to be able to make this trip by herself. And so together uh, we can both enjoy our time together and make this possible for her in a way that it just would not have been possible otherwise, which comes back to why I'm just so incredibly grateful for my school life, because I just have these personal commitments right now between my mom and my dad that I just can't see um, being involved in a more traditional path, because I don't think it would just allow me to live the way that I'm living and be a support system for them and get the benefit of them being a support system for me. Um, As my dad likes to say, he's so happy that I showed up for my crisis, not his. And, and similarly, I know my mom doesn't always like to feel like she's the one being taken care of. I think she's very happy in her role as a mother and feeling like she's taking care of me as well. So I think that if anything, we've just become very good friends. And I value that. I value that family time. 
And now I'm the fact that I get this extended family time is even a greater joy and a greater blessing. And sometimes we forget that these people are even there or how much we're loved and accepted. And just again, that common history and that common family, it's so joyful and so pleasant to be able to be reminded of that uh, in such a just everybody's so welcoming from picking us up to the airport to hosting us and just making sure that we have everything we need and being so engaging and so uh, generous with their time and with their enthusiasm and just time with families. And there's just so many kids now. Um, there's 10 grandkids. So it's really nice to see all of them. And my mom had met some of them five years ago and I met some of them 10 years ago and some of them weren't even born when I was here 10 years ago. So that's really nice. And the ones who were around 10 years ago now are almost adults. So that's uh, nice to see them all kind of grow up and it's good. It's good to realize that I am part of this really big family. So even though I don't have kids of my own, that there is, there's lots of kids around and, and they're lovely and just so loving and welcoming and so happy to see us and knowing that we are their, their cousins and whether it's a first cousin, second cousin, third cousin, that we are, we are their relations. We are their family and that they're happy to know us and we're happy to know them. And summer's a really good time for that. Summer's a really good time where we get that extra vacation time and we get that opportunity to lean in and see family. And I have friends who have invited me into their families and they've been ever so welcoming and I've gotten to see their extended family who all live much closer uh, to them than, than my family does. That's kind of across an ocean. But it's important, and it's important to have that sense of community where the people you know know each other, and in this case, where the people you know are related to each other, and that you're related to them, and that that community exists, and that you're part of it, and that even if you're not part of it for a really long time, that you can step right back in, and that joy and that friendship and that relationship is there and that more is forgiven between family than than friends sometimes because we're not always perfect and there's always you know sort of family strife and conflicts and uh grievances but you just find ways to sort of move on and forgive and be more accepting just because they are family and i think i've in some ways feel a bit more excited to connect with even more family that I have not talked to in a while, um, based on this trip and this time. And it's good. It's all really good. And in the meantime, I continue my, my language studies, my programming studies, my school studies, and that's whole sort of journey of come learn with me is still very much a part of who I am, but I don't want to put any of that too far ahead of um, making sure that 
you know, everything that my mom needs, everything that my dad needs, everything that my family needs, my community, my friends, like is also part and parcel of what I'm up to, what I'm doing. And that sense of care and mutual responsibility is there. Um, and, and it can be flexible because, uh, you know, not everybody uh, has the ability of or time or interest in necessarily having someone stay with them for an extended period of time. And, and maybe it really just is like, hey, can we let's meet for coffee? Um, or even just the phone call or a FaceTime. You know, it's just making sure that wherever those lines are, that they're uh, known and and can be, you know, leaned into and and have that that time together, however that manifests or unfolds or reveals itself. And I think my mom's very clear, like, I don't want to impose, I don't want to be in a position. And we'd gotten into a little squabble earlier because she kept repeating over again, like, oh, just visit, visit short, but visit often, visit short, but visit often. And I was looking at her sort of saying, okay, well, short is like three days and we're traveling many thousands of miles. And for me, I was traveling from Newark out to San Diego, then driving up to LA and over to Heathrow and then back again. And so for me, it's a 10,000 mile trip to get to this point, just to get to England, not even talking about and home again. So I kind of was sort of saying, you know, it, we don't get the opportunity to visit often. So it's not going to be short. It's going to be as appropriately long as it needs to be. And when I asked one of, or when one of my cousins asked me, how long can you stay? And I said, well, my next commitment is in mid June. She immediately was saying, oh, great. You'll be here for six weeks. And it, we'd only booked one way tickets not really clear about how long we were planning on staying. Uh, and, you know, they, the cruise in the middle of it is will be sort of an appropriate, nice kind of break and an opportunity to actually do a little bit of sightseeing uh, in between as opposed to just being, you know, in and around our, our family's home and, and neighborhood and in the different houses of the various uh, uh, cousins in the neighborhood. Um, who all have their their homes nearby, uh, so that that idea that they you know were very enthusiastic about having us here for six weeks. It's like okay, well we're here for six weeks now, and even with my mom, I said if you want to stay longer, stay longer. You you can do what you want. I, I'll just make sure that I'm here to make sure that your travels are easy. That's that's my. Uh, commitment to her. But given the expense of the flights, it, it doesn't really make sense, I think, for me to leave her and come back um, unless it's a, unless she wanted to stay for six months because the flights are extremely expensive. And in some ways, when she says, hey, I don't want to be back on that 11-hour flight, that doesn't seem to, too bad in the fact that most of those direct flights are now 5,000 pounds um, which is the equivalent of almost $6,000 uh, for a one-way ticket. And so being able to break up that trip and stay a couple more days with family on the way back uh, that we have in Canada might make a lot more sense because it will be both more uh, cost-effective, 
but it will also break up the trip and put it into uh, smaller segments. So it's still an eight-hour flight to from England to Toronto, uh, and it's still another six or seven hour flight from Toronto, uh, back down to San Diego. But I think for her in her mind, and, and I understand it, it's better than 11 hours. She just does not want to do that again. And I completely agree. And, and just looking to sort of figure out what the most, uh, cost effective, um, plan for that is going to be is also, uh, one of my projects. And I have to get, um, travel insurance, cruise insurance, because my mom and I can't get on the cruise without uh, proof of insurance for uh, the, for that. So that's where we're at right now, just getting ourselves situated and settled in and uh, enjoying that family time, enjoying that uh, understanding there's there's a balance to life. There's a balance between personal responsibility, professional responsibilities, um, our identities relative to ourselves, our identity relative to our immediate families, our identity relative to our extended families and our history. And those roots that, you know, where are our families from? What are those... Uh, cultural aspects of ourselves that are just deeply rooted in our sense of self. And it helps us understand why we perhaps make choices that we make. Perhaps why do I gravitate to more entrepreneurial activities? Why do I gravitate to things that maybe perhaps are a little bit more out of the box? And that that might speak to the fact that I am very much a first generation American. And why do I have an interest in international studies? Why do I have an interest in uh, various things that, that I do and seeing that there's family and cultural reasons for that uh, and seeing that, that I am part of a much larger fabric and that there's a greater sense of belonging and a sense of identity and a sense of culture. So as I'm on this journey now, three years later from a pandemic, which just upended my life and sent me back to rethink, um, reset the board, so to speak, uh, and set me back to school and living with my dad and then realizing how much mutual care, um, was available for me between me and my parents, uh, that I am really at the end of healing and there's different aspects of it. I still haven't even addressed the financial healing um, part of it, but I have definitely am feeling that my mental health, my emotional health is better. My sense of purpose and direction is stronger. My actual skills are coming together that I actually can do stuff and have learned things that I had no concept of 
previously and that I'm able to uh, make progress on things that I've wanted to do and generally feeling better. My health is still challenged. My health has definitely had uh, even more challenges getting here. Just my asthma just kind of kicked in, but at this point I have the medicine and the medicine works. And so I just need to make sure that I have enough medicine uh, because that would, without it, I would be in a much, um, I'd be in a crisis. So being aware that I'm still physically uh, a bit fragile and I have to be sensitive to that. Um, and financially it's a big picture thing. I'm cash flowed for, for the moment. Um, but I also need to start making sure that I'm making consistent moves in the right direction that will continue to, uh, get my big picture on track and, um, zero out any loans that I have and just start moving me in the direction that I can, uh, be, um, responsible and feel secure, um, both for my present and my future. And then then we're moving in those directions. Um, but one thing, one step at a time, I think for me, making sure that I'm able to sort of feel whole again, uh, again, emotionally, mentally, having moved through just some very deep feelings of trauma. And I was talking to a good friend of mine, and she just reminded me that trauma is cyclical, and it you feel like you're doing great, and then it sort of comes back in waves. And each of the waves is different. Sometimes it will be less intense or more intense, and you just have to let it cycle through. And so I'm feeling that that a big part of that is much, much better. I'm finding myself not feeling triggered as much and just almost on my way to the other side of this. And again, this opportunity to see family and be so welcomed and so reminded of uh, this big, large, wonderful family that I do have. And so my life may be different than others. It may not look as traditional, but it uh, has no less joy and no less responsibility. Uh, It's still comes with a different type of responsibility. And um, for that, I am incredibly grateful. And it's nice to see the progress and it's nice to share that progress over time and over these months and now over a year that I've had this podcast and in season four, as I've just shared these many, many transitions that I've made and how happy I am to hopefully be a source of inspiration for others who may be finding their way or have other uh, responsibilities or just ideas of how do I, how do I reset? How do I upskill? Where do I start? And to know there are so many free resources and so many communities and so many low cost options and more traditional academic options to be able to 
move in the direction of your dreams and to really define your dreams and to know that sometimes the biggest, most satisfying things are the things that are right in front of us. Uh, and, and I don't think I would have made the choice to necessarily move back in with my parents, but after the end of my marriage, it just, it, it, it was the perfect fit. And it's just such a good time for me to be with them and for them to help me uh, in my life as a student. And yeah, that we can just kind of be together and be helpful to one another is just, I'm so grateful for it. And are they helping me or am I helping them? I don't know. It just feels like we help each other and they both live independently, but enjoy the company and the extra help. And so that's kind of what sets me in motion to be back and forth between Pennsylvania and California. And then I've had my life in Colorado. And then I have these other things going on with school between Los Angeles, between DC and, you know, now the opportunity to visit family in the UK. So it's all, it's all good. It's all going in the right direction. And it all reminds us that there was a whole line of people, of generations that have come before us that, you know, represent culture and connection and, and family. And so this, this time right now is that time, uh, again, not only for my immediate family, but also for uh, my extended family and to just come at it with extreme gratitude and and a feeling of of care and of being so incredibly cared for. And now it's my time to finish up my finals, uh, finish up my semester strong. So leaving that with a final paper, a final exam, and a final map. And I think we're going to make that map a commemorative coronation of King Charles III uh, map. So that will be my uh, summation of what I learned in my cartography class this semester. And the other one is a final paper in human security disaster management, uh, which is a look at Ukraine infrastructure damage assessment and um, plans for rebuilding. And the exam is on cartographic principles um, with some, you know, do DIY, make some maps as part of our final uh, project. And then of course our final map. And with all that, I will just be enjoying my time here in the UK, hopefully day by day. My sense of time becomes more adjusted. My ability to sort of sleep through the night uh, becomes better. My asthma settles down. So those are all things that I look forward to along the way. And then just continuing to lean into uh, my academic life and my creative life and my technology life and seeing how all these uh, things come together and how these new opportunities that seem to be finding me continue to unfold. <laughs>